Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Be Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Murphy, joined today with Slade Stanton. Now, I will tell you a quick story before we dive into this, but um, the gosh, it was like a month ago, maybe yeah, two months so. ago, yeah. uh, I, was, I was teaching the CrossFit Level 1 Certificate course in Albany, New York, and Slade was one of the participants and, you know, immediately we just, you know, start chatting. We have a lot of stuff in common. And then it's after the day one workout where we have a social kind of get some time to get to know the participants. I find out that within the last year, Slade has lost over a hundred pounds or close to over, over a hundred pounds in the last year. And that, I mean, one, we, I mean, we were chatting and getting along the entire time, but two, when I hear something like that. I think this is something and this is someone who can reach a greater audience than I can because they have been there, they have done that, and they can give some sort of inspiration. So without further ado, Slade, thank you so much for coming all the way down here and, uh, and joining us for the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, uh, where are you from? Uh, Vermont, northern Vermont. From northern Vermont. Do you still live there? Yep. How long did it take you to get down here? Three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Just to come down to hang out with me. What a guy, huh? Yeah. Um, now, you know, kind of going back, uh, before we get into this, like the health change that you wanted to make, uh, did you, were you active as a kid? You play sports? I wasn't much of a team sport. No. Kid. Like elementary school, I'd play soccer and basketball, but as soon as I hit middle school, it was dirt bikes. Okay. But active. I mean, kind of. Yeah. 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 You got to put your leg out there. You know, yeah, there, there was left no hand turns, right hand turns. Biking. It was just <laughs> off on the bike and ride. All right, and then, um, and then, what do you do for work? Uh, plumbing and heating. Plumbing and heating, yeah. essential, especially up in Vermont. Yeah, and those northeast. Yeah, it's it's really cold up there already. And so, when you were at your heaviest weight, how much did you weigh? Uh, three twenty. 320 pounds. That's another, that's, that's two combined humans. Yeah. It's you and someone else getting yeah. together and creating one human. And at 320 pounds, um, just kind of, I mean, what was the quality of your life like? Man, I, I, I want to say it wasn't horrible. I was still like, I didn't have issues moving, mm-hmm. but I hurt all the time. Knees, back, you know, I, Broke my shoulder dirt biking, and that just kept getting worse and worse, you know, the heavier I got. Um, but, you know, I was, I was still fairly active, still, you know, went for hikes and whatnot, but nowhere near like I do now. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can imagine that. And it's, and it's probably interesting because at that time, I doubt you were like, my quality of life could be a lot better. It just kind of was what it was, huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was like, oh, this is just how life's going to be. This is what happens when you're in the plumbing and heating field. Yeah. Did you, did you find you had excuses for why you were overweight or was it just kind of like, it was just how, how it was really. I couldn't really come up with any excuses. And, and then were you training? Were you in a gym? Did you think about the gym? No, no, I didn't think about the gym until my wife started going six months after we had a little boy. Okay. And even then I didn't think about it. Yeah. And uh, what inspired your wife to start going back? You said uh, six months after having your child. What's your boy's name? Uh, his name's Luke. Luke. And how old is he? He's two and a half. Two and a half years old. So six months after having your 
son, your wife's like, Hey, I want to get rid of the baby weight. Or is it just like, Hey, it's now it's time to start training. What was her uh, motivation? I think it was just, you know, she had gained a bit of weight after having him. Um, so she's like, I just want to, you know, I want to feel healthier. And she just, you know, started at home and then one day a week going to the local gym and then stepped it up to a couple of days a week. And now two years later, we go five, six days a week. And for people who are like, who are sitting in where you were a year ago, what did the start at home look like for her? Like what, what was, what, what was she just looking at YouTube videos? Like what was she doing to I think she was doing daily burn on Hulu daily burn on Hulu. And that's just, is it like a free? No, I think it was pretty cheap per month yeah. and just, you know, lightweight stuff, some light dumbbells and a lot of body weight stuff. Yeah. And then, and then once a week to the gym yep. and then, I mean, it got, you know, we talk about it all the time and it's just kind of that, that, that spot of, of getting your foot in the door. It's like of starting, but I want to talk kind of, kind of similar the story that you had told me at the seminar when you had kind of decided, Hey, I need to make a change. What really inspired you to do that? Man, there was a lot of it. Um, I mean, I was severely overweight. So, Mm -hmm. and having our little boy really kind of put how big I was into perspective. It was hard to just get on the ground and play with him and let alone, you know, at this time be running around with him. And yeah, just she convinced me one day. I absolutely hated it. It was one of the worst workouts that they've done, and the owner will still say that was one of the worst workouts she's put up. And I went back a couple of days later, and I hated it again. But almost a year ago, exactly, I've been going constantly. And what what do you think drew you the first time? What made you say, "Fuck it, all right, let's do this"? I. I think it was just giving in to my wife getting after me and I appreciate it so much. Oh, I can, I can imagine. I mean, we can talk kind of talk later on about like the quality of your life now and what you're capable of now. What is it? What I was able to see from you at the, you know, at the seminar, but so it wasn't just like a, you know, Hey, I'm motivated at you. You get out of bed and you're excited now to go train. It sucked for a while. Oh yeah. It was awful. It was awful. Yeah. I made, a lot of big changes really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like getting my diet in check, which was hard. What did your diet look like before? A lot of soda, a lot of candy bars, and a lot of beer. I think you told me something that when your son kind of like drew parallels to like dad and beer and yep. dad drinks beer, and that was one of like the motivating things like, hey, I don't, I don't want this. Very much so. How did that come about? He just, and he saw me do it, saw me go to the fridge all the time and grab beer. And he was little then too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it was getting pretty bad with the drinking. And I actually, half the reason I stopped drinking was he gave me hand, foot and mouth and hand, foot and mouth as an adult is terrible. I couldn't drink anything but water. And from there it was like, you know, well, I had done a couple workouts and I was like, it's just, it's time. So it was really, it was an accumulation of all these things. Oh yeah. And although, it, you know, I want to talk about your first workout. I want to talk about that one that you said was the most miserable workout. 
you go in probably incredibly insecure. Like, I don't want to fucking be here. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to look bad, especially someone that's in a field where you are, you know, successfully doing your job. I mean, it sucks for someone who like does something really, really well and then goes into something that they're just going to suck at and they know they're going to suck at. Oh yeah. What was that first workout? Oh, I don't even remember. Uh, I remember there was some box jumps. Um, and for being a bigger guy, I was still fairly agile. So I was like, oh, I can do 24 inch box jumps. And I, I was doing them, but at the end, you know, before even the end of the workout, I was laying on the floor behind the box, between the <laughs> box and the wall, just dying, could barely breathe. I mean, a 320 pound human doing a 24 inch box jumps is, is an impressive feat at that. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the consistency to go back. I mean, you had to have been just obnoxiously sore. Yeah. I've, I mean, I'm still obnoxiously sore most <laughs> of the time, but now it's a little different. I'm pushing now, not just trying to get through the workout and not puke. Yeah. Not just surviving. Yeah. And, um, and was there a point in time that that you were like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to see this thing through. Is it, was there a workout? Was there a week? Was there a month? Was there something that, that you were like, all right, now that we've gotten things in gear, now that it sucked so bad now, now I'm actually starting to enjoy it. Man, it, it was probably, you know, a couple of weeks of hating it and only going two or three times. And we went in for a Halloween community workout. Everyone's dressed up. Um, and that was when I consistently, like, the after that day, I purchased my first, you know, punch pass to the gym. And then, you know, I burned through that in three weeks. And just seeing the community at that, you know, come together and have 18 of us in there just having a blast, all dressed up, looking goofy, was that really just it felt like family then. Got to put, put some fun aspect into it. Exactly. You know, it's, it, I think that's interesting because, you know, I talk about fitness as like a very serious thing and we, you know, you, it, it can be life changing. And I think sometimes I miss the mark with people that you can realize like it's hard, but it can be fun. And that community aspect can be fun and relying on people and seeing other people succeed as well. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, I, I take it serious, mm-hmm. but in the end, like when I'm talking to someone about possibly coming to the gym, it's like most of the time they don't want to be working out in a group for the first time. And it's like, you kind of just set that aside. Cause once you get in there, everyone's being tortured one way or another, mm-hmm. you're all in pain. Just join in with the pain. Cause at the end, everyone's cheering you on rather you're the first or the last. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What was it, what was the first milestone for you? Like, were you like when you got under three hundred? Were you like, oh man, how far can we take this thing? Uh, yeah, you know, I said a, I'd say under three hundred. Once I hit like two eighty five, mm-hmm. was kind of big. That was, that was the weight I was before my wife got pregnant, um, and she had some, she was really sick during the end of her pregnancy. So it was eating a lot of candy, staying up late at night, and just not eating right and stressed out. So once I hit that, I felt pretty good. And then after that, I was like, okay, you know, I want to see 220. And I've, geez, I hit that four months ago. Wow. What are you right now? Uh, Like 212, mm-hmm. roughly. What is, is there, 
now, now I'd, I'd probably imagine there's not as much like a goal weight as there is what you want to be capable of, what you want to do performance markers. Uh, yes and no. Like I, I want to kind of hit that 200 mark mm-hmm. mainly for performance. Yeah. Making some of the, you know, handstand pushups and, you know, attempting muscle ups to be a bit easier. Yeah. Um, but really it's just more performance based now, not to get lighter as far as just, saying I'm 200 pounds. Yeah. And why I love, why I love CrossFit so much is that you can, you can still have those goals like, Hey, I want to lose weight. But like along the way, there's so many milestones because there's so much stuff that you wouldn't do in a typical gym, do a handstand against a wall, do a handstand push up, do, you know, a kipping pull up, doing pull ups, doing muscle ups, getting to the point where it's like as soon as you think you're good at one thing, you find something else that you suck at, and it's like getting your double unders. And so there's all these little mini milestones that you know your overall goal to get to 200 pounds, you're still going in that direction, yeah. but you're getting these small wins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, double unders are still a wicked struggle for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fighting with those since I started. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like everything, like handstand pushups, for example, I've been doing those strict since i was 250 and everyone was you know like how how are you doing them strict why aren't you doing them kipping and it's like i couldn't figure out kipping yeah and i still can barely figure out kipping <laughs> but you know it's the the progressions of everything has just been amazing but do you know how mind-boggling that is to someone who currently if if they happen to be listening to this that's 320 pounds to think that I am capable of a handstand pushup. If you're out there and you weigh 320 pounds, you end up likely not in your current state, but with the right diet and exercise, you're capable of, of doing a pushup upside down. Yeah. I mean, doing a regular pushup for some people is like, fuck, I don't know if I'll ever get there. Yeah, that was, uh, it was just doing a static hold against the wall and a handstand was, you know, a milestone for, for me. And then, you know, it was end of a, it was an old open workout we did one time with handstand pushups. I was like, oh, kick up and try. And I was able to drop down, but my arms were shot. So the next time I went in, I was able to just do a couple of them. And it was, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Which open workout was that? Was that the one with the rowing and the wall balls before the handstand pushup? Yeah. It was like rowing wall balls and deadlifts. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, fun is you know fun is a weird way. We have a we have a weird like like people who do CrossFit they have a weird way of describing like fun. Very much so. But um, I remember that one because there were you know there's all these like new standards like everyone's trying to figure out what the proper standard is to to measure handstand pushups and there was like the heel over the wall or yep. the lockout or the the grip position on the box, but those those skill pieces are so cool in the open. Because is it going to be excluding or, you know, it's, it's a little bit more exclusive because it's a harder movement, but yep. people have, there's a progression. Everyone can row. Everyone can do, you know, the, the, the wall balls or people can, you know, attempt for the RX in them. And then, then they get this opportunity that they probably wouldn't before because you may scale with, you know, dumbbell strict press, seated yep. strict press, doing a bunch of other cool things. But now here's the time. Hey, you get to try something brand new. And those are the things that continue to push people to say, hey, well, what else are you capable of? What else can you do? For sure. 
For sure. I mean, I was actually just watching videos of 22.1 that my wife had taken of me with the wall walks and dumbbell snatches. And I was like, man, I, I went so slow. Like I just, I was knocking out wall walks the other day with ease, no issues. And watching myself struggle then was like, it was painful to watch. Yeah. But it's, you know, that was what, eight months ago. So it's crazy how much of a change you can make in a year. It's part of the journey, right? It is for sure. Now, I'm sure it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Were there ever any setbacks? Did you ever find yourself, and I don't want to say this as like like relapsing, you know, as like, you know, just coming home and drinking like an 18 pack, but did you ever find yourself where you're like, that you know, where you weren't as motivated and when, how'd you get out of that? Um, Not, I can't say really that I haven't been motivated. Mm. Um. I'm kind of one of those people that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go in 100%. Um, you know, there's times where my diet isn't the best, mm. but I'm still, I still hit the gym five, six days a week. Um, you know, if I'm not hitting the gym, we'll go for bike rides with a little boy or, you know, play outside, do something to stay active. But I haven't really hit any, like, go pound a bunch of beer and feel mm. awful. And I don't, I don't want to feel like that again. Yeah, man. That's, it's cool to hear. Cause I, I think even in, you know, in my fitness struggles, there's been, you know, there's been times, uh, you know, if I didn't, you know, years, I didn't qualify for the games and then you take a week and you're like, Oh man, like this sucks. And you know, it was almost like a little bit of a reset, but similarly, I think sometimes people get derailed by that. So like when you say, oh, yeah. Hey, I, you know, I, my nutrition wasn't the best, but you were still staying consistent with your exercise. But even though your nutrition wasn't the best, you're still moving in the right direction. Yep. You can have like a couple of days now. And when you say it wasn't the best, what is it? You know, what does that usually entail? Uh, maybe I'll grab like a candy bar or a no bake cookie. Yeah. Um, I mean the no bake cookies have been kind of my pre-workout as it's been getting colder. Good yeah. little snack. Yeah. But other than that, usually just having a little bit more food than what I've allotted for. Yeah. That's pretty much pretty much it. What were the first steps you took nutrition-wise? You cut out, you know, you were talking about like the soda and the candy. Is there anything that you follow? I know you, you talked about your wife's company, the, the shirt you're wearing, the yep. Not Enough Nutrition. Um, and this is more so speaking, like, like I want you to kind of tell the people listening to this, like, here were, here were some of the steps that I took and that you can take in order to, to get on that path. What were, like, some of the initial things and then what you continued with? Um, really, you know, a lot of it, first step was cutting out the super high sugar, high calorie. Mm -hmm. And then my wife helped me a ton. She started doing her own macro tracking pretty much when she started at the gym. Um, and she just through trial and error, figured it out for herself, figured out what worked and she would help me. I mean, to the point where she would make every meal for me and prep it, weigh everything out. And then as time went on, she has trained me to do it. So now, you know, I make our breakfast and, you know, make my own lunches and, you know, just, I know how to track, but she's, she's been the big, the big proponent to helping me. And yeah, she's, she has seen a ton of success yeah. from starting six months after Luke, right? Yep. And I mean, 
let's talk, like talk about even her journey because she's lost a significant amount of weight as well, right? Yeah, she's lost, I believe she's right around 70 pounds. Um, and, you know, she's she's killing it in the gym, killing it, you know, with her nutrition and, you know, helping out her clients and an awesome mom. It's It's amazing watching her do everything she does in a day on top of helping me with my business. That's incredible. And I, I would imagine your guys' relationship is that you are both helping continue to drive each other to succeed. Very much so. In the beginning when she started, it was uh, she'd come home and talk to me about the gym and I'd just get up and go grab another beer. And, you know, I didn't really pay much attention to it until I started going. Now we're that annoying couple that when we're hanging out with friends, all we do is talk about CrossFit. Or our son. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is you were, you've played both sides of it. You, you were the 320 pound person who didn't want to hear it. But now that you've gone through it, it's like, why wouldn't you want to share that gift to someone else to inspire someone else? Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, I have a lot of people that talk to me and my wife about it. We actually got both of our moms going to the gym. Um, you know, a couple times a week and they're, they're loving it. It's just, everyone can go. I mean, it doesn't matter how, how big you are. The, the scaling options are all there to everyone. Everyone can hit a workout and still get the same experience doing whatever movements that they need to. Sound like it's straight from the level one. (laughs) Um, what inspired you? What inspired you to get, and you kind of talked about the gym owner, but what did, what had really inspired you to get the CrossFit level one and to continue down that avenue? I just, man, I just love everything about CrossFit, you know, the community, everything that comes with it. And I mean, there was a local level one up like an hour away from us Um, over the summer. We were gone. And it's just, you know, trying to find one close to home. But I was like, you know, I've, I want to start stepping in that direction to, even if it's just a, a substitute coach when they can't find anyone at the gym, to just, you know, be able to help them out and step in. And, you know, I've actually started shadowing um, with the owner last week. So hopefully that'll, that'll go good and I can start helping out more. Um. Were you nervous before day one of the level one? Yes. <laughs> what were you nervous about? Uh, I was honestly nervous about the breakout groups and, you know, getting singled out. But really, you know, again, it's all community. Like everyone was supporting you if you were the one singled out. And I got singled out. Not by me. No. 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 Of course not. That was definitely by Pete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely by Pete. Um. And, and when we reference being being singled out, there's, as you run breakout groups in the CrossFit Level 1 uh, certificate course, you have a squats group, a presses group, and then a deadlift group. And in that, the, the role of the trainer is to help teach each participant, you know, the points performance of the squat through their own movement. So you're teaching through movement and, and following the points performance, helping these athletes correct their movement. And it's not... You know, the, the singled out thing, what we do is run active classrooms. So we'll grab a participant, bring them into the center and, 
and kind of coach them to get them better at moving, but, but also so that everyone else can see, hey, this is what it looked like before, this is the coaching cue, and this is how we improved. Because the why I think the, the level one is, I think the best introductory course out there is because it actually gives some insight into how to deal with people, how to actually actively coach rather than, hey, here's a bunch of study guide if you yeah. pass it. you know, and, and a lot of it, there's some pretty extensive stuff from a lot of these different uh, certifications. But through the certificate course, it's like, we're going to talk about the squat. We're going to show you how to squat. Then we're going to teach you how to squat. And so the active classrooms are, are really teaching points for everyone else and then diving in a little bit deeper to correcting uh, the mechanics of movement. Yeah, yeah. And that was uh, watching, you know, P or U, you know, coach one person makes you think, you know, is there something that I'm doing that's okay but could be a little bit better? Mm-hmm. And it's also helping you see what coaching cues can be used for you know, certain movements. Yeah. I mean, I remember kind of the same thing at my level one. I know we, we kind of referenced this when we were, um, when we were in the breakout group. It's like, I was like, Oh, I, I move really well. And I was the first person to get to brought in an active classroom. And I'm like, man, there's, what are they just going to highlight how good I am at movement? And it was like, no, like completely picked apart. Yep. And I'm like, Oh man, I could be getting better at this stuff. And then, and then I was like, all right, I heard that cue. I heard, you know, elbows going to be down in this overhead squat. So that's where my elbows are going to be because I don't, you know, and, and, and you're learning in that environment. But, you know, hopefully the goal in that is to make it, you know, active community to where you're not like, you suck. This isn't good. And you're exactly. just like, oh, no. Yeah, that was uh, after I got pulled to the center the first time. Mm-hmm. When I got pulled out again, it was more, I wasn't nervous. It was just, you know, laugh it off, embrace what they're talking about and really work on, you know, that movement, which, you know, I struggle with still, but we're getting there. I mean, most of these movements are infinitely refinable. There's, there's, there's little pieces that everyone can continuously get better at. And just like an affiliate, right. You have to check your ego when you get to the door, you know, the same thing when you, if you weigh, you know, 320 pounds and you're like, I don't want to finish last or have people judge me. It's like, all it takes is, is one workout inside of a CrossFit affiliate, and then you're like, oh, okay, they don't, no one cares. Yeah, no one cares whatsoever. You're all just having fun. <laughs> yeah, they're busy dying through their workout. Exactly. It's uh, it's kind of that same thing I think about with music. You know, some people are like, you know, oh, can we hear this during the, the workout? I'm like, I don't think I could tell you a single song that has ever played during a workout. It's like once three, two, one, go hits, I'm just like, as long as there's something that's loud, I am just miserable through this workout. Yeah until the end. And I'm, that's the same thing. I'm not looking at anyone else being like, Oh, look at their movement or look at these things. I'm just like, I'm focused on me yep. and you know, doing my, giving my best effort. Might take a glance around to make sure everyone else is as miserable as you. But <laughs> that's, that's about it. I always take those glances around whenever I move on way too quickly. And that's usually when I realize I had a bad strategy for the workout. <laughs> You know, yeah. if the workout starts with an assault bike and when you finish like 20, 30 seconds before everyone, you're like, oh, I made a bad, I made a bad choice. Oh, I am notorious for that on the echo bike. <laughs> just, just that sprint out of the gate. You'd think yeah. we'd learn too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the owner, if she's coaching, she'll be like, hit it hard and I'll hit it hard to where I, half the time I can barely finish the workout. 
Now, your owner, um, what's her name? Uh, Melissa Senesak. Melissa, she she go hard in her workouts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty hard. I usually think I usually see when a coach tells an athlete to do something and they'll do it. Usually because they have that faith of either this is really working for me, or I see them doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean she's she's extremely fit, and you know watching her workout and watching her movement is it's amazing, and also probably inspiring. I would Very imagine inspiring. Yeah, uh, that's kind of that that age old question of you know do you have to be the fittest person in order to be a good coach? It's like no, you don't have to be, but know that if you are you're going to create new levels of inspiration, whether you even want to or not. For sure. For sure. I've heard you talk about that a little bit on a couple of you know previous episodes, and I definitely can agree with that. And it's not, you know, I, I don't want anyone to get wrapped around the axle of it being like, hey, if you're not, then you can't coach. Because here's the thing, you're going to be able to speak to people that would, that would never listen to me. I, you know, I, I, I grew up as an athlete, I've, I've always been like a hard gainer. So I was always, you know, like a skinnier kid found CrossFit, you know, found like, like the fitness sides of things, but there's just things that I'm not going to be able to relate with someone about. And now you being as fit as you are and gone through the journey, it's like you have this whole nother audience because of the struggles that you've seen that is now going to create more of a conversation with these people and they're going to listen. And I think that's so unique and so cool. Yeah. You know, I've had, I'm losing a hundred pounds. A lot of people don't recognize you. And when they finally like realize who it is, they're like, I want to do what you do. I've brought a couple of buddies to the gym and you know, they, they loved it. I haven't seen them again, but they loved it. Yeah. They couldn't walk right. <laughs> they had, they had some fun. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes that, that ego check too, when, yeah. when someone, you know, I would imagine there's probably a good amount of people who saw you at three twenty. And now your fitness has far surpassed theirs. And if they're going to come into the gym, you're like, oh, well, I, I still got to go hard. I still got to like prove myself. And in your head, you're like, hey, you're not going to be anywhere near me. But then, as you know, people have that like ego, like, oh, I want to go harder, do this. Yeah. And, you know, if I bring buddies to the gym, I, I notice that, you know, they're taking some time. Like, I'll, I'll slow down and kind of grind it out with them. That yeah. way they're not the absolute last person, you know, to finish. It's for me, a lot of it is community. I mean, that's half the reason we haven't moved out of state is, you know, gym family and our normal families. That's awesome. Um, how many people do you think you've had conversations with about losing hundred pounds? Pretty much anyone I have known in the past five years. You know, I've got buddies I worked with for three years that I see now and they don't recognize me. It's like, I got to walk up and reintroduce myself. Even customers that I've done work for two years ago, they, you know, will reintroduce themselves. Like they've never met me before. And it's like, oh, I, I did a job for you a couple of years ago, but I've look a lot different now. It, does that usually draw a conversation of what are you doing and, and, and how are you, how did you do it? Most people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'll be the first one to say, like, you know, come join me in a workout. This is where the gym is. Um and let's let's have some fun. And with with zero like CrossFit level one 
knowledge of describing or explaining CrossFit, I still believe that that is the best way to tell someone what you're doing. Come join me for a workout. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, they, you tell them some of the movements, they're like, oh, well, I can't do that. It's like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You, it can be scaled down. If you can't do push ups, you know, from the ground, go from your knees. If you can't go from your knees, we'll figure something else out. And I think people have this misconception too that like everyone is the fittest person on earth. Everyone is like a CrossFit Games athlete that goes to a CrossFit gym. Yep. And all it takes is them showing up and being like, oh, other people also can't do this movement. And so they scale to this. Oh, other people, wow, that person's scaling more than me and you've been doing it for. It's like, there's all sorts of different things. You'll be, you'll be a champion one day. You'll finish last place the next day because there's like all depending on what your experiences are. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's, it's just, you know, it's unique to see or to hear someone from going from probably scaling most everything to now, yeah. you know, getting into that point where you have to like explain it to other people. But again, it makes more sense. I have, I've never had to scale a handstand push up. So to speak to the, to speak to the physiology of it. I mean, obviously I've helped other people scale handstand pushups, yep. but I can't tell someone, Hey, I've struggled to get upside down. I know exactly where you're at. Here's the process that it took to get to me where I am today. Shockingly, I've actually never scaled handstand pushups either. No, no. So even at 320, you were just like, they don't pop up much ah, in the programming. Okay. So by the time I got to like 250 is when we started doing you know, I'd see him a little bit more. Yeah. And after that I could do, you know, I'd do two or three and then maybe change it up with, you know, some of the strict press but mm -hmm. from the get go. I've been able to at least get inverted and do a couple. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, a 250 pound in human being, regardless of what they look like doing a handstand push up is incredible. I think about trying to do a 250 pound strict press. And I can tell you right now that is not in the cards for me now previously at my fittest or for the rest of my entire life. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Ain't going to happen, man. You give me a little hip drive, give me a push press or, or a, or a yeah. split jerk. Yeah. yeah. But a strict press man, 185 for your boy is, is, is tough. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to try that now. <laughs> Just a strict press 250. That's amazing. I mean, if I can do the handstand push up. I'll give it a go. Yeah. Now, slightly different. You also don't have to, you know, push the weight of your arms. There's a little bit of different yeah. leverage stuff in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to bet your strict press is significantly stronger than mine from the experience of you repeatedly doing handstand push-ups. And, you know, a lot of it, too, is people see, like, the barbell work and, you know, more like the powerlifting stuff. And they're like, your numbers are, you know, they're crazy for the gym. But I've also carried around a lot of weight. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah, you had a hundred pound weight vest on. Yeah. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. People like people like, oh my gosh, you put a twenty pound vest on for Murph? You were like, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was doing a hundred percent of the time wearing a hundred pound vest beforehand. Yeah. And yeah. now I mean it but I obviously imagine significantly stronger from the from the actual physiology of your muscle fibers, but as well as now when you're moving, you don't have to move as much weight. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not moving a hundred pound weight vest anymore. So if I can add that to the bar, it feels a little better yeah. internally. That's awesome. What is your uh what's like your wheelhouse workout? If you're if you're going in there and you're like, I'm gonna beat everyone in this workout, what is what is it? 
I want to say anything with the Echo Bike usually yeah. is is one of my favorites. You just have that power output where it's just I die on it, <laughs> but it's one of my favorite favorite pieces of equipment in the gym. So for those of you who don't know, um, Rogue makes an the Echo Bike. It is a stationary bike that has pedals, but also has arm handles to it. And what's amazing is that before CrossFit, you would someone would see this bike and think, "Oh, that's like a you know a dumb exercise bike that I don't need mm-hmm. to do." But all of a sudden, you take the intensity and turn it up to oh, I don't know, as high as you can. It is unbelievably painful for a number of reasons, yeah. but um, that's awesome. So if it was paired with another movement, if it was like a salt bike, and what else would you want to see? Uh. Deadlift. Assault by deadlift. Can I tell you that that would probably be my worst workout? <laughs> I, that's been one of my favorite workouts we've done. Assault by deadlift? Yep. Yeah, yeah, ascending reps on the deadlift every round. Ooh, I like that. So what? Like, what's the workout? Oh, man, I think it was like 15 calorie echo bike, and then it was three deadlifts at 315, and then you know, calories and five calories, seven AMRAP, I think for 18 minutes, 18 minutes. I think so. Here's something also for the people that aren't super familiar with CrossFit. 18 minutes is an eternity of a workout. 18 minutes is considered long. And if you're like, "Mm, that's not a long workout, I encourage you to do an 18 minute AMRAP of 15 calories on the assault bike and ascending deadlifts from, from starting at five. Uh, or three, at three, three, five, seven, nine at deadlifts at three fifteen, And you tell me how long that workout feels. It took forever. I felt like it took forever. I mean, I, I think it was five rounds was yeah. what, what we got in. Well, th- those are the workouts too, where you're like, you go and, and since the ascending rep scheme, you know, it's like you have three, then five and seven, you're like in the round of seven and you look up at the clock and you're like three minutes into the workout and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh Oh, I, I made some mistakes. Yeah, here. that was important <laughs> to pace the echo bike. Yeah. And then and then when you get to like the back half, it it actually goes by pretty quick because you're just sitting there and it's like you're not going unbroken on the deadlifts. You're spending way more time resting in between sets and getting back to the yeah. assault bike. Yeah, the rest between the deadlifts was key. Yeah. You know, doing eleven deadlifts at three fifteen after killing yourself on the on the echo yep. bike was not not in the cards going unbroken. Grab some chalk, even though you're already just chalked up and it has absolutely <laughs> exactly. nothing to do. Your grip wasn't the determining factor. It was the yeah. fact that you're breathing heavy and your heart rate's at 190 beats per minute. Yeah, with you know, especially if you have a, a belt on too, that's <laughs> your breathing's even worse. Tightening that thing down. Um, what's your least favorite workout? What's like the one where you're like, damn it, here we go? Wall balls. Anything with wall balls anything with wall balls why i struggle to breathe looking up i just i struggle to breathe and i'll just heart rate spikes yeah. instantly and i imagine when you start off those are 320 pound squats that you were doing with wall balls yeah and it's like yeah the 20 pound medicine ball doesn't seem that bad but the fact that it's now with added 20 pounds that's a 340 pound squat that you're hitting like that's gonna that's gonna be a little bit more miserable yeah i mean even even to this day, I can't stand wall balls. Fight so, through them. So for those of you who don't know what, uh, what we're talking about, a wall ball, you have a medicine ball. Usually the, pre- the prescribed weight for gentlemen is 20-pound ball. For ladies, is 14. You squat all the way down. You stand up and you throw the ball at a target. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. 
have been coaching a lot more people that are outside of the CrossFit realm. And so when they come in, you know, sometimes wall balls show up in the workout and most people who are, are in the fit, you know, in fitness, but not in CrossFit will start off being like, Hey, here's what the wall ball looks like. Squat all the way down, stand and press. And like halfway through the workout, all of a sudden they're push press wall balls, not squatting all the way down. It's like, well, yeah, squatting all the way down is, is really hard and uncomfortable right now. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing. Yep, that's the point. Did you start off squatting down to a medicine ball for wall balls? No. That was like a big, a big thing in like original CrossFit. I think even like Karen in like the old days, like it was, you would squat to a medicine ball stand and throw and just so you could maintain and hold that standard because it was so frequent for anyone who wasn't consistently squatting to once things started to suck, to start riding that line and going higher and higher on the squat. Yeah. I find once it starts to suck, I just will drop as low as I can. <laughs> My legs hurt. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not stopping myself. Not holding tension, not hitting that like just below parallel angle where you're like your quads are just absolutely on yeah. fire. Yeah. I'm the same way with flexible ankles. It's like my butt is touching my heels as a necessity to order, to continue to do wall balls, not necessarily because I'm trying to hold the standard. Yep. So wall balls are your, I wouldn't, I would ex, wouldn't expect that. How do you feel like running? Like if you were to go into the gym and it's like today's workout is a 5k run, handle that? I, I could handle it. I mean, I ran my first mile since high school, probably four months ago. In a workout? Or just, no, just I just, one I more. went into the gym one day and some they were doing class and I just took off running and ran a mile. What's your mile time? I think I'm averaging like seven forty five, eight minutes somewhere okay. in there. And that's a that's a quick clip, especially when we're running, you know, multiples. Um, what are your? Do you have any outside of the the two hundred pound goal? What are some of your goals? Um, fitness-wise, objective, like, fitness measures. Have you gotten that strict muscle up yet? No. We were so close at the seminar. No, I'm, I've been working on it here and there. Yeah. Um, I mean, muscle-ups are definitely a huge goal. Um, I've got a lot of, like, I don't want to deadlift over 500 pounds. Where are you at right now? 455. Not far off, but it's... It's going to take a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, especially now, granted, I, again, I always try to, to unravel things for people who may not be as experienced in this. If your only goal was to deadlift 500 pounds, you wouldn't be very far away and it wouldn't take you very long. Yeah. However, when our goal is a general physical preparedness, it, it it's not as focused on one thing. Cause if all you were going to do is focus on that goal, we could eat a little more. We could start to gain a little bit more weight to move yep. a little bit more mass and train a little bit more specifically in that realm. But that's not, that's not, that's not the singular goal, right? It's the overall fitness while increasing yourself to that 500 pound deadlift to, to why you're not closer to just, just doing that. Exactly. Exactly. With all the other goals, like, you know, double under their huge goal, mm -hmm. um, you know, the muscle ups, getting more proficient with cleans and snatches. Mm -hmm. uh, we're currently in a cycle for Olympic lifts. So that's been nice with the hip drive. Yeah. Um, and actually learning how to get under the bar. That rack position. That's getting better. Yeah. Working, working on, on it. it. Working on it. Yeah. Shit. You and I both, man. That is, uh, that's going to be a struggle for quite a while. That was, uh, 
been in the same boat with like with the stuff going on with my elbows but I found the more I like spent time warming up and working on it and doing, you know, even just like rack pulls, like getting out of the rack, like forcing it to be in that position, like taking a little bit more time to warm up to those positions. It just like, as you know, helps your overall fitness. Yeah. Yeah. I've always used to rely on, well, let's get some more weight on the bar. Yeah. It's going to force me there. Mm -hmm. But also with it being tight, it kind of, you know, it scared me a little bit putting too much weight on the bar, you know, what? I don't want to be an idiot. Yeah. And, you know, I was always that, I was always that same person when I first started training. It's like, well, if I put 135 on there, it's going to be against my shoulders. And then the workout Jackie came out, which is a thousand meter row, 50 thrusters with an empty barbell and 30 pull-ups. Well, I struggled significantly at that workout because that I couldn't get that bar to sit in my rack position because it was yeah. only 45 pounds. So here I am squatting with it above my rack position. So it's moving all around. I don't have a, a base to press it off of with the thruster. So I'm having to break way more than I typically would have. Someone who I could beat in the workout Fran, now I'm losing to in this because I suck at that lighter weight. Yep. It's like, hey, that's a weakness. Let's work on it. Don't rely on that heavy barbell. Uh, yeah, and that, that's, been, that's been key. It's just doing some of the mobility work to help with with the rack position. It, it is getting better. Yeah. It's, I mean, PVC pipe's always going to look bad. Oh, gosh. It's so hard. With a barbell, I can actually get there now. Yeah. So that's, that's nice. That's good. I mean, again, it's like a lot of time the PVC work that, you know, makes it work with everything else. I've always told people, if you can put a PVC pipe in your rack position, full grip and it's touching your shoulders, I'm not worried about your rack position at any weight. If that's what's happening, like I'm not concerned about it. But if it's like, hey, this is what it requires and this is like the positioning that I need to do, it's like, well, you can get better. Yeah, I mean, front racking PVC, um, it's in my chin and I got two (laughs) fingers on the bar and that's about it. Chin tucked down, just sitting there bending the PVC fight. Yeah, me too, man. What was um, was your favorite part about the course, about the seminar? It's hard to pick one thing. Mm. You know, I've... I love the breakout groups, um, but I also love like the in-depth demonstration and explanation of you guys up front, like going over each movement and you know a coaching cue for each thing that could go wrong. It's it was an absolutely amazing weekend. I love that, you know. I and it's not you know I'm not like trying to like toot my own horn. I didn't write the material. I was just as inspired as you were when I took my level one to want to continue down that road to eventually be on seminar staff and, you know, to be able to work with guys like Pete and and people that we work with all around the world. It's just such an incredible course. And I, I try to tell people, you know, the same thing, obviously the barrier of entry to taking the level one seminar is a lot higher than someone just participating or joining a class. But I always try to tell people, it's like, I could talk till I'm blue in the face, like, but if you're interested in it, like, just take it because for me, it was life changing and it helped redirect where, what I was going to do and what I was going to focus on. And then for some other people, it just provides a little bit more of that, you know, in-depth understanding or knowledge to either utilize it for their own fitness or to help other people as well. Yeah. And it was amazing seeing the, how broad uh, the experience was within the class. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a person there that was their first experience with CrossFit. Yeah. And then there was also a person there that had been doing it for 10 years. And it was just, everyone was 
everyone was doing the same thing. I find that that's a, a lot of people are terrified of that when signing up for the level one. They think everyone in here is going to be a games athlete. And it's like, once you walk in you're like, oh, you know, there's, there's going to be people who are fitter than me or going to finish faster than the workout. There's going to be people who have to scale the workout because they, uh, you know, they haven't ever done it before. Or because they have pre-existing injuries and they can't get in the front rack position. Some people were using dumbbells on it. Some people couldn't squat for some other reasons. And it's, you know, it's, but at the end of the day, everyone, you know, goes through the same course. Everyone has to participate in some way, shape or form. But I think the, the content in it is so profound to allow everyone that inclusive environment. Yeah, it was, it was great. And then having you guys just, you guys are, Top notch, just right there. Any question that was asked, you had an answer for it. We also have like an FAQ in there to where it's like frequently asked questions. Gotcha. So a lot of them are, are crosses answers, but you know, you get enough experience just yeah. doing it. And, and there's not a single person who dons that red shirt, the seminar staff shirt that isn't so obsessed with CrossFit that if they don't know the answer, they will search, dig and find out. There's also a lot of trainers and there's times on staff when someone has asked me a question. It's like, I don't know if I know the full answer to that. And then, you know, you have a course administrator or, you know, the flow master who can like help out and answer it. But because of the care and passion that I want to, that we try to portray to everyone else, it's like, it's not going to happen twice because I want to know, I want, I want that answer, not so I can look cool, but so I can help give that information to someone else and, and help, you know, direct someone, um, that continue down that path and, you know, help them. Yeah. What, um, so you've been, you've been interning or kind of like shadowing. Yep. Have you coached at all? Not yet. No, not yet. I just started last Monday. Oh, that's um, awesome. We, uh, I did two classes Monday and I did three classes with her last Friday. Oh, that's um, awesome. You enjoying it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a wicked cool experience. It's, uh, she's an amazing person to learn from. Yeah. Um, and just getting those little, little tips here or there on, you know, how she likes to run her classes. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. Have you seen, have you, have you had any kind of, kind of performance or something that you've done that you kind of look back on and be like, I never thought I'd be able to do this, or I never thought that I'd be, I'd look like this or whatever. Has there ever been any like like profound moments for you in this over a hundred pound weight loss journey that you're like, holy shit. Like I just did this when this was my past. And there's been a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, just like going on more than a bike ride around the yard, especially with my little boy, like we'll, you know, go on 15, 20 mile bike rides. And that's something that I would never think I would have done back, you know, a year and a half ago. It's just, it was hard to get off the ground and get down there to play with him. And now we're throwing him on the bike and going for rides, taking long walks. It's just nothing I was ever interested in before. And how you got there was investing in yourself. Yes. It wasn't, Hey, I got to be a better dad. I got to spend more time X, Y, Z. It was, Hey, I've got to, I've got to take care of myself. It was, yeah, it was take care of myself to, last longer and take care of my family, you know, be around for my little boy, be around for my wife and, you know, live a 
a good, fun-filled life, not just sitting on the couch while he's playing or him and her outside playing and I'm sitting inside drink, you know, drinking beer, watching TV. I imagine the level of care hasn't changed. I imagine that you've loved your son the entire time, but I imagine it'd probably be safe to say that it's that your your investment in yourself and your health and wellness has made you a better dad. 100%. Better husband. Yep. Better at everything. I I would say so. Or at least I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine probably in the workforce too, you're capable of doing more. You're capable of, you know, just talking about the physical aspects of it, but the mental side of it, of eating well and having a lot more clarity and having, you know, a lot of the actual, like the cognitive brain function that improves through not, you know, killing yourself with high fructose corn syrup and highly processed liquid and refined sugars every day. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, cutting out alcohol and all the sugar was huge. You know, I've, I was at the point with drinking where I got used to feeling like crap every morning when I got up. That, mm. that was the new normal. And I went a week without it, and I felt absolutely amazing. That's not to say I won't have a beer or two every now and again, but mm-hmm. I'm not drinking an 18-pack a night like I used to. Yeah, that's, you know, it's it's inspiring to me um, because I I haven't gone through the hardships that you went through to get to where you are now. Everyone has their own hardships. But I think what I was most inspired about and why I wanted you to get on here is because you can, like we mentioned before, you can speak to an audience that I can't. And you can say, hey, I've been there. And you can, you know, if you if you want to, you can make yourself a resource to to give what you, the gift that you gave yourself and inspire other people on that journey and give that same gift to them. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's what I want to do, you know, on top of, progressing myself mm-hmm. and my fitness is, you know, I want to do anything I can to get involved with the industry, with the gym and just, I absolutely love it. I feel absolutely amazing. And I want to give, you know, help people feel the same way I do. That's, I mean, I guess the question I was going to ask is like, why do you have that, that passion for it? And it's, and it's because of your past and, and present. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't wake up, sore at least not the way i did before you know my back doesn't hurt every morning my knees don't hurt and pop it's i wake up sore because i maybe pushed a heart at the gym yesterday not because i did nothing and just wake up with a sore back and knees if you could tell someone listening to this right now that that's like wow that's an inspiring story but i don't know if i'm gonna go into a gym if you could tell someone kind of something that got you to just say yes to it. If there's anything that you can kind of like speak to that audience, what would you tell them to that person to, you know, what could happen from this or what, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really just for me, it would just get up and go. Like I didn't want to, my wife, as I said, she kind of dragged me there for the first one. But after, you know, after the first couple, it was just addicting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it was hard to go. I I felt like a fool the first couple of times. And after that, it was just everyone was so inspiring. Just like, you know, telling me I did great, even though it was the last one to finish and felt absolutely horrible that it was it was hard not to want to go back. So if I could 
kind of hone into like three general things from, from listening to you. First one is, you know, you have to have a reason why there's gotta be like a, Hey, I don't want this anymore. Or I don't want this quality of life or I don't want my son to think dad sits on couch and drinks beer. Exactly. Two, to have someone, you know, that you can sign on with, you know, I, I like to call them like a liability buddy. Like they're like, they're strapped to you. Like, Hey, if we're going in this, we're going to go in it together. Yep. And then three, and this isn't, you know, I always love to preach the CrossFit community, but is to find a place that had that as a community. For sure. For sure. And you know, our, the gym we go to isn't an affiliate, mm. um, but they, they still do, you know, it's functional fitness. It's a uh, very, you know, it's CrossFit esque yeah. workouts and it's just absolutely amazing. The, the community within each gym, but also just the community in general, you know, we do competitions at a gym that's an hour away and they're, you know, the community there, everyone knows everyone from even, you know, the gyms in Burlington to all around northern Vermont. And people travel from Mass to do the competitions up there, and everyone knows everyone. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's a familiar faces, familiar environment. Yep. And I think it comes down to that, that like, shared suffering thing. You don't have to know anything about the person to your right or left. Now, granted, once you're training with them, you end up, you know, knowing all about them, their lives, oh, yeah. their kids, their jobs, everything. But the their ability to take the it, – because it's a hard road. Doing CrossFit and, and doing these workouts, like, it's not easy. No. It's difficult. But when there's that shared suffering and both people – doing what it takes to get there to not want to take shortcuts. It's like, there's a commonality in that, that I think is, is, is frequently overseen as to why there is such a great community. Definitely. Definitely. At first I thought it was kind of, you know, I, I thought it was kind of odd how close everyone was, mm-hmm. but now like some of our best friends are people we go to the gym with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we go over to their house for barbecues and, you know, our little boys are friends. It's just absolutely amazing. Well, your story is inspiring. And what I love about it too, is that it's very likely just beginning to, uh, with everything that you have going on with your, with your want and need to, or, or want and the ability to give back and to be able to teach and to be able to help other people on that journey. You know, I see your success as just the seed or just the kernel of, of what could all come from it. Yeah, you know, I've, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. You know, I, I don't, I'm not going to stop anytime soon, so we'll see what the next five, ten years brings. If there's, if there's like a, like a shoot for the stars type of goal, where could you see this going? A shoot for the stars would be try to get to a semifinals for the games down, down the road, like not anytime soon, but yeah. You know, even if that means as a master's athlete, mm-hmm. you know, that would be, that'd be a huge goal. And is it, do you have any, and there any like coaching goals as to helping other people do the same thing you did? I mean, yeah, I, I would say so. I haven't really thought too, too much about the, the coaching aspect as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to immerse myself and learn as much as I can right now and then you know, help out here and there where I can. But if there's someone that comes into, you know, that comes into the gym that was kind of in the situation I was in, I feel like I can really connect 
with them and kind of really help them, you know, get over that hurdle of just starting. I think your story, Slade, is nothing short of amazing. I think it's fucking incredible. And I think that this is what should be pushed and promoted from all angles of everything fitness, regardless of CrossFit. Um, so when I see that, I think, you know, being able to tell your journey and hopefully coming on here and helping inspire people is to create some sort of business, not in the fact of, oh, I want to make millions of dollars off of this, but fuck, man, I would much rather you make millions of dollars off of helping other people lose over 100 pounds than pretty much anything else that's out there. You know, I I don't know what it's going to bring within, you know, within the industry. I just, any way I can be involved, I want to be. Amazing. Um, you know, rather it's coaching one class a week or, you know, I can coach more, mm -hmm. whatever that may be. And I just, I love it so much. It's changed you know, changed my family's whole perspective on life that I, I don't really want to do anything else. If someone wants to get a hold of you from watching this podcast, what's the, what's the, you have a, like an email or something that, that we can give, we can, we can even put it in like the, the comments of the, that might be a little easier to, uh, to type it out instead of spell it over. Yeah. So it, we can, we can put it on there, but is there, um, you know, I'd imagine this will, this will reach people that, you know, may not typically be listening to this, you know, a headline of, of someone losing over a hundred pounds and how you went about it, the things you had to cut out and the dedication that you had to have. And, and some of those, some of the things that you stuck with that helped carry you through, you know, some of the, you know, the times where it sucked or the, you know, fall off the nutrition wagon, get back on it. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to it. And I think that you can provide something that, you know, as much as I want to try to provide all things fitness, I can't. And, uh, I think that's awesome. What about uh, like social media handles so people can continue to follow your journey and get inspiration from that? Yeah, uh, Instagram and TikTok are both the same. I'm trying to get better about posting. Not that great. You and but, I both, man. <laughs> um, they're both Dragon Slater seven two five. And we will we'll we'll put those in in all the comments and all that stuff too to be able to follow along in your journey. Um, I'm. So excited that you came down here. I'm glad we made this happen. Yeah, me too. Thank you. you know, a lot of times it's, you know, you have these discussions and it's either one side of it. They're like, oh yeah, I'll do that. And they have no plans on doing it or like, hey, let's make this happen. But, uh, you know, being able to stay in touch with you, you've inspired me. Um, you know, every weekend at the level one seminar, there's people that, that you, I, that I learn from. There's people that I'm inspired from and you're incredibly inspirational, incredibly enthusiastic, just incredible to have in the course. And I can't thank you enough for coming here. And if um, if anyone has any questions for me, you guys always know how to find me at Big Night Fitness on Instagram. Or if you follow our website, BigNightFitness.com, comment here in the YouTube channel or however you listen to the podcast. Um, always feel free to reach out. I can also, if you can't figure it out, I can get you uh, Slade's contact info as well. Get an email over there. And, um, and uh, yeah, if we just... As, as you heard from him, like you just got to start. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for my wife and, you know, everyone at deep roots, um, deep roots fitness is where yeah. we go. I would probably still be sitting on the couch drinking beer. Never would have done the L one, never would have started. Um, you know, I, I, I would hate to see what it would be like now if I stayed doing what I was doing. Well, I think you, your family, 
myself, everyone else participating at the at the level one and everyone at Deep Roots Fitness is fucking glad that, that you made that decision and you made those sacrifices, which now probably don't seem like sacrifices. They no. seem like the best, like I know optimal thing that you could yep. have done. But uh, again, can't thank you enough for, for joining on here. And, uh, and yeah, hope to continue to follow your journey. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, signing off. We'll see you next week. Bye.